The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And hey, guess what? We're Yankee fans. That's what I got for you today. Is it good? Is it bad? You figure that shit out. Might be too early to tell. It might be. It might just be too early. I was going to say it's a day to be a Yankee fan. And I've been watching these games, man. Every year we get off to a mediocre start. And I want to kick this off with a question to you about the start. You teased this to me. You texted me and said... I'm going to start off with a question. We'll go from there. And I said, perfect. I love surprises. And then I immediately realized, fucking hate surprises. But I'm here for it (laughs) because I like playing it fast and loose on the pod. Hell yeah. And I know know, it's not going to be a personal question or anything like that. But basically, I noticed three glaring problems over the weekend. It's like an iPhone 11 and then the head. Oh, never mind. Not a personal question. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Man, I noticed three big problems over the weekend and over the first nine games that are essentially carryovers from 2018, 2019, 2020. I'm going to give you my three problems that I noticed, and I want you to tell me what your biggest area of concern is. And your your answer might be, fuck you, Nick. None of these concern me. But I, I want to see what you think. First area of concern, starting pitchers not going deep into games. Two, three, four inning starts. Second area of concern, just shitty defense all around. Errors in the field. And my last area of concern, just a total lack of speed and athleticism compared to the Rays and Jays specifically. So of those three things, lack of speed and athleticism, starters not going deep into games, and just bad defense, what is your biggest area of concern, would you say? I'm not that concerned with starters not going deep into games, uh, especially if you look at like the full – like you just look at who we are. We've got our two and three uh, – our two, three, and four guys – essentially missed all of last year. If you say Herman's a four guy, maybe he's a five guy. So two, three, five, all pitched one inning last year combined. So it's kind of expected. We're stretching them out. Montgomery also pitched last year, but like had missed before that. So to a certain extent, we're getting back to normal. We knew, we knew it was kind of Cole and pray. 
Now, I think a lot of us figured it's going to be Cole and pray, but like we're not praying for too long. So, and, and some of the times, if you look at it, it's like, yeah, great. We're getting, you know, four innings, three runs. And it's like, yeah, that's not great. But we're losing that game three nothing. You know, like, you know, where. Right. Yeah. It's not a quality start, but we're, you know, we're in contention. Um, so I'm not overly concerned with that. I think as the, the weather gets warmer, um, will guys will get stretched out a little more. I think we're going to continue to see Cole go a little more, a little more. And I think that's just kind of going to go through the organization, um, you know, in, in terms of guys getting stretched out. Athleticism. Yeah. I mean, we are <laughs> – I mean, all of our guys, like even our smaller guys at times, like they all just kind of look like, what is it? The the thing from Fantastic Four. <laughs> like they all kind of look like they're made of rock. Um, yes. In that game on uh, Sunday when I ate a shit ton of Chinese food for the team, um, or maybe it was Saturday's game, there was a game that – Judge, like, Judge scored from first, I believe. And Kay was like, oh, he's running pretty good. And I was like, no, he's not. Like, that doesn't look – that's not a 28-year-old athlete. Like, it looks like everything's a little gingerly. I know people are like, oh, you know, I come down on Judge. But, like, we're not – I mean, we've got Talkman. Like, Talkman can go first to home. We've got that. That's pretty much all we got. <laughs> Athletically, because Gardner's not Gardner anymore. Wade's not on the team. Um, Clint is just not. Maybe Clint's not on the team. I have no idea anymore. So, yeah, the athleticism is concerning. And what was the one in the middle? Uh, Just bad defense. Just booting ground balls, not getting to balls in the gap. They're just a bad defensive team. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Glaber, I'm sure, in depth. That it it has been great. I mean, Hicks, nice route, Magellan. Um, Dude, what was that? Even I mean, you even see like DJ, you know, he's had he's had balls get by him. He's got two errors this year. Yeah. He's got two more than he had last year. I don't remember him making any errors last year. And then even like there was a pop-up in foul territory yesterday that even for him, like he just seemed apathetic towards going after. And my worry is that it gets contagious, like how I talked about in – whatever it was, 19, uh, like Clint with the yips. Like, can these guys, are these guys mentally strong enough to play their way out of, you know, the hard time they've backed themselves into? Yeah, and it seems like they're a station-to-station baseball team. Like, you watch the Rays over the weekend. They're stretching singles into doubles. They're going from first to home on doubles. They're going from first to third on singles. They're scoring from second on singles. We never do that. Like, Geo hit a single and stretched it into a double, and I think that was the first time I'd seen that in, like, three years. We never score from first on doubles. We rarely score from second on 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 a single. And when we do, it's like, you said, oh my God, Aaron Judge scored. It's like, you're supposed to score from second on a single with two outs. And the thing is, is speed and athleticism doesn't slump. It's always there. And, and that's why the Rays are so tough to beat. They make every play. They fly around the bases. They hustle. We sit around and, and wait to hit bombs. And when we don't hit them, we look like shit. Well, you could make up for any lack of talent with effort. And, you know, it. it's... Sometimes it feels like it's not there. And it's tough when you play a team like the Rays and you see them just flying around because at the same time, like, they're all 
every pitch, like auditioning to get traded anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, it are, are people apathetic? Like when you become a Yankee, I made it to the pinnacle. It certainly looks like it. And you look at the teams we're competing with, the Rays and the Jays specifically. They're both really athletic. They're both really fast. There's athletes all over the field. We don't have any fast players. And and the guys that are supposed to be good defenders, like Judge and Hicks, they've clearly lost a step from 2017, 2018, because they're just not getting to balls that they got to in those years. And I don't care what the analytics say and I don't care what their defensive runs saved are. We watch every game and they're just not getting to the balls that they used to get to. Yeah, it's I mean it it is to a certain extent as if we're still p- trying to play Shaq basketball. You get a dominating yes. center, you get a guy to pass into him. We're still trying to do that. The Rays and make fun of them for their tweet for their AL East for their AL championship rings. All you want, they have them. We don't. They're starting to fly around the court like the Warriors, and we're just trying to bring the ball down the court, pass it in the shack. Shack's going to turn around. Shack's going to dunk it. Get back on defense. The Rays are like the scrappy kid in the schoolyard that doesn't care what you think and just wears what's comfortable. And we're like the popular kid that cares what everybody thinks and has to look cool and has to wear this and can't be seen at this place. The Rays just don't give a shit, man. They, they do not give a shit. I don't know. The way the Yankees are playing lately, it feels like they don't give a shit what anyone thinks of them because nobody <laughs> right. is like nobody is happy. It's still early in the season, though. So like. Yes, we're recording this on Monday because I'm having surgery in the morning, so I'm going to be too drugged up to do anything on Tuesday. But um, yeah, they just—it's still—it's still April. It's still April, so let's not totally lose it. But you can't—you can't let it become a problem. Exactly, and I understand it's early. I understand it's a long season, but when you see the same problems that we've seen for the past three years, and the same problems that have gotten us eliminated in the playoffs, it is concerning. And and like I said last week, it would be nice for one of these years to start seven and two or six and three. It's annoying to start behind the eight ball every single April. We have a losing record through two weeks. Like, are we ever just going to start eight and one or nine and two? I don't think I'll ever see it. Yeah. If we won Sunday, though, like 10-2, we'd be like, they're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all it took would take. It's like, oh, well, they're back. We're above 500. And, you know, you've got now we're recording this before the, the Cole game on Monday. I think we're back at 500 at the end of the day. And it's not where you want to be at the end of the season, but it's fine for April 12th. Yeah, we're still in it. Obviously, I, I think we will be five and five at, at midnight tonight. I have fifty dollars on it, so that's how Ooh. confident I feel. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, l- nice little bet there. Um, but yeah, and there have been there have been some bright spots. The bullpen has been absolutely lights out. Chapman hasn't allowed a run. I don't think Green's allowed a run. Uh, Albert Abreu came in and threw a shutout inning yesterday. I think they have the best bullpen ERA in the league, so that's been solid. And then DJ and Gary have both been really good to start. Yeah, I mean, DJ's a clinic. That's just what he is. He's a clinic. He's an absolute clinic. And Gary is – it's funny, though, because like we've called him like fat and lazy for so long. And now like he's playing well. And, and like it's kind of a, a weird complaint. He looks a little too thin. Like he looked like a time. Like, do you have any power there? Then he hits the ball. So it's, it's fine. Um, yeah, he's been a real bright spot. 
you got to hope that, you know, it can stay up over the course of 162. DJ, you don't worry about it happening. But there are, you know, having having Cole, Gary, DJ, and the bullpen, which is not the bullpen. Like, this is not our bullpen. We haven't seen Justin Wilson. We don't have uh, Britain. We've, you know, Chapman missed the first two games of the season. Like, we haven't been fully there. So there's still a lot of positive. It's just like the offense just looks so lost. Like it feels like the 20 it it feels like 2019 ALDS all, um, ALCS all over again. Yes, We're just yes. like every at bats Edwin Encarnacion. There's nothing worse than if you told me I could have DJ LeMahieu up with two outs and a runner on third or Aaron Judge bases loaded no outs. I'm taking DJ. hundred percent, hundred percent. And they keep grounding into double plays with the bases loaded. Like the thing is, I'm not even asking for like a basis clearing double. They can't even hit a sack fly. Yeah. They can't do anything productive. It's it's a weak ground ball to the shortstop. I'm like, come on. I think Hicks is grounded into three double plays already. DJ's grounded into two. Judge is grounded into at least three. They've been a double play machine so far in those yeah, spots. Just like. They're not making adjustments based on the situation at all. They're not saying, like, I don't know what the scouting report is. I don't know if it's them. I don't know if it's the hitting coach. You know, I, I don't know where it's coming from. But there seems to be no adjustment that they can get a double play. So they're probably going to throw something down in the zone, maybe try to put it away. Like, you know the pitch that's coming. Yeah, and they don't they don't choke up with two strikes like they don't. Yeah, you're right. They don't change their approach at all. It's always swinging for the fences. And the Rays, meanwhile, they they know how to change their approach beautifully. They they're good two strike hitters. They're great with runners in scoring position. And we get the thing is is like we get a lot of walks, but walks don't drive in runs. Like we'll get two walks in an inning, and then we'll strand both of them. Walks do not drive in runners, and that's why you know when everybody says oh OBP OBP batting average doesn't matter. Like walks don't drive in runs, so getting all these walks hasn't really helped us so far. Do you think being a Rays fan is fun now? It's got to be. I mean, they went to the World Series. Like, they went to the World Series last year. They went to the World Series in 08. They've had, like, rebuilds. Like, I get that it's getting, you know, it gets frustrating to not win. But I think the frustration of not winning is only really bad if you've won. Yes. You know, like... It's probably pretty sweet to be a Rays fan right now. You can always get a ticket to your team's game. You know? They used to have... Cheap as hell. I don't know if they still have it. They used to have a rock climbing wall. I mean, the Trops... in center field. Yeah, the Trops are first place I ever had Dippin' Dots, and that's the ice cream of the future. It's been the ice cream of the future for 20 years. No, and it's got to be fun kicking our ass. I mean, they've, they've owned us. I think we're 4-13 and 13 against them or something since the start of 2020, including the playoffs. They dominated us last regular season. They beat us in the playoffs, and they pretty much dominated us this weekend. We were lucky to get one, for being honest. I mean, we probably should have got swept. They were oh, a strike away from getting swept. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was – that Sunday game is nothing uh, to hang your hat on as a franchise. No. Like – that ten, a ten two, yeah, eight four in extra innings. That's not like ah, uh, let's celebrate on the plane. 
No, and and one thing I like about our podcast is we kind of jump around, so we don't do a series by series. But one thing that really bothered me about that last Orioles game is like that's a free win. The Orioles at home is a free win. You have to take that. And if you if you sweep the Orioles, then it's not a bit as big of a deal to go to Tampa and lose the series. Like that's why it pains me when we lose home games to the Orioles because those those are ten free games on the schedule that you have to win, in my opinion. And they they pissed one away. Win the games you're supposed to win, and then like. The games against the Orioles are the games that you are supposed to win. So you're supposed to win every one of those games. The Rays, right now, the way they're playing, we should like we should be happy to go 500 with them, right? And yeah. even in like a regular, if they were just you know not playing as hot as they are, you're still looking to go like you know 12 and seven against them over the course of the season. But when you ch- when you cough up before what you know is probably going to be a tough road trip i mean it started off tough we're going to dundian or however the hell you say it um we always struggle with this and it's not and i'm not going to get better at it i'm not uh, listen that's my promise to the people of florida <laughs> i'm not going to try to learn more about you um yeah i just don't think it's gonna you can't give that game up you're going in there like it would have been better the plane ride's a lot more fun the energy is a lot mm-hmm. better heading into that Friday game if we don't cough up one against the Orioles. Yeah, and when you look at the teams that generally wins wins this division, it's usually the team that beats up on the bad teams. In, in 2018, the Red Sox dominated the Orioles, I think, team and two against them. We didn't, and the Red Sox won the division. In 2019, we dominated the Orioles. I think we won like 16 games in a row against them, and we won the division. So if you just beat the shit out of the bad teams and play 500 against the good teams, you can win this division pretty easily, but you know, you got you to gotta take the free ones. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's also part of being the Yankees is you're going to see everyone's best punch. Like, yes, you know, everyone's playing up to try to get traded. That's it. No, you're right. So, yeah, that's kind of what we got going on there in terms of Aaron. Did you ever think about wait, wait, did you ever think about going to this series? Like I came I I made a I didn't talk. Yeah, I didn't make a case to you about it because it didn't get that far. But I started making a pitch to my wife on it. Because I was like, so I'm a wrestling guy, as you can see by the wrestling belt behind me. And it was WrestleMania in Tampa. And so I kind of like, I want to go to WrestleMania. Like, eventually, I want to go to a WrestleMania. And my wife knows this. And I've never really tried to go. And I was like, you know what? Tickets are cheaper and easier to a certain extent to get than any other time. I was like, the Yankees are there. And my wife looked me dead in the eyes and just goes, if it was anything other than wrestling in any place other than Tampa, Florida... Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but you can't go to wrestling in Tampa during a pandemic. I'm sorry. Those, that Venn diagram is a circle of no. And like I tried to throw the 36 year old man. I tried to throw the Yankees in there like, oh, and the Yankees will be there as if my wife is like, oh, well, if if Aaron's going to be there, I'm sure it's safe. <laughs> I would have went. We had a wedding Friday. That uh, we went did. to. You did. You looked handsome. Yes. I forgot. I saw you in your uh, thanks in your suit. Thanks. I tried not to let the Friday game ruin the wedding, but you know, as we're sitting there eating dinner and going, that was the honestly wedding, my was, first thought. I because I think Jamie posted on Facebook, and I was like, I bet he was fucking miserable, miserable. I, I hate when I see them lose, and then I have to be in a social situation. It's just, it, it's always, it's, a, it's never fun. It's never fun. My wedding was during a Subway Series game. 
Oof. Did we win? Uh, I think we lost. The maid of honor gave me a score update during her speech, which is oh, that's very, cool. That's very courteous. You know, that might yeah. be a tip you want to give Jamie, depending on. Okay. You know. But um, and then yeah, I had a guy who's a Met fan who was there who had like MLB TV and was just walking around with it. Like every inning, he'd give me an update. Like he'd find me at my wedding. It was a nice little setup for me. Yeah, that's clutch. You get somebody in your party to. Like that's yeah. their job. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and it's not like crazy like I see in the South, like whenever anyone gets married on a Saturday and it's like, well, we need seven fucking college football TVs. <laughs> I just had one guy just following me, telling me. Sorry, I derailed yeah, you. No, I just wanted to tell you how I wasn't allowed to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> anything, I get it. Anything but wrestling in Tampa and you could go. All right. Well, that's the only thing I want to do. We talk about your boy now? Yeah. Your boy that blocked you. Yeah, that's my man, Aaron Judge. Still wearing yeah. the pinstripes, still love him. Sat sat Wednesday night, side soreness. Sat Friday, side soreness. He's played every game since. But I don't understand how wear, you have wear and tear six games into the season. And he said it was from swing, taking too many swings in the batting cage. How the hell is he going to get through 162? Dude, I went to elementary school with this dude, Timmy Murphy, and that's his government name. He's a firefighter in New York. If you're a firefighter, you probably know who he is. Um, And he used to, if he ever got like a worse test score than anyone else on anything, it could be like, oh, we have a language arts test, we have a math test, whatever it was. I overstudied. That's the, I slugged (laughs) you. I overstudied. I stayed up too late. That's why I got a 79 and everyone else got a 92. I overstudied. And that's what that is to me. It's like, oh, I've been been swinging too much. Like, I've been trying too hard at this baseball, guys. Sorry, it didn't work out. And, like, the timing of it, because he played, what, five games and then disappeared from the lineup. Five games in the wear and tear. Yeah. You got to keep in mind, (laughs) he also missed the last weekend of spring training. And we were like, ah, what's going on? So until he strings together 10 straight games, this is all the spring training issue, and they're just trying to put it off in my mind. And there, I've seen a lot of weird conspiracy theories. I saw the one that, oh, he got the second shot of the vaccine. That's right a thing that you put pu- into spring training. But that's a thing that you publicly state because, like, the Yankees broadcast are bringing in the head of Montefiore. They're bringing in all these people to talk yes. about the vaccine. So unless he's like, listen – I got the vaccine, but I can't have people know because, like, my friends will think I'm a herb because we don't do vaxes here. Like, I don't buy that. I think he, I think he's fucking big and he's banged up all the time. And it's lingering since spring training, all the time, all the time. And why would you not get the MRI? Like, I, I guess he's fine because he's been playing. Like, but, they're free. You know, it's this- not even a twenty dollar copay, Aaron. These are free it makes MRIs. no sense. Dude, you missed two months in 2019 with a badly, badly grade two strained oblique. Why would you not get it checked out? It takes a half hour. Like they're they're as an organization, they're so reluctant to do these MRIs. It cost Luis Severino an extra two months in 2019. It's caused them tons of different problems, and still won't get these MRIs. I do. I take an MRI every day if I could. Just let me know what's wrong. That's how we catch stuff. Around. I'll get yeah. in the tube. Yeah, Sebi won't get in. The tube, I'll get in will. the tube with him. You want to get a two-man tube, me and Aaron in there, just talking about it. You know, not moving, though, because we don't want to throw off the MRI, but we also have a Pepsi and chips. So, you know, it's a good time. No, I mean, it's just 
I need him to play. He's got to play like 15, 20 games straight. He has to. And also, in the 1980s and the 1990s, AstroTurf was basically a very thin carpet on concrete, like a throw rug (laughs) on concrete. In the Lord's year of 2021, it's like – it's field turf. It's pretty much rubber grass. Like, it's got the little rubber pellets. Like, it's a pain in the ass to get the stuff out of your shoes if you play it. But let's not act like we're asking these guys to play wiffle ball in a parking lot during the, the tailgate. Like, I'm tired of hearing it's about absurd. the goddamn I'm, I turf. I might have to wear tennis shoes. I might have to wear sneakers. I might have to wear rubber spikes. Like, dude, figure this out, man. Like, guys, come on. Wear rubber spikes. Who gives – I would have no idea – if you just put on a rubber spike and metal spikes are each on one foot and put me out there and I couldn't look down, like I don't know that I would notice. I get it. I'm you not a world class athlete. Yeah. Dude, you would probably bat third. I would definitely if, bat third for uh, the you were Yankees. In the <laughs> I would definitely bat third for the Yankees. If I wasn't busy tomorrow, I'd probably with surgery, I'd probably be batting third tonight. Cause that's all it takes. Dude, my favorite I think I said it last – maybe I said it last week on this show. I've just been laughing at this tweet that someone said, I hope to hate anyone as much as the Yankees hate Clint Frazier. Like, that's just – dude, let him yeah, back. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So Boone names Clint the starter in spring yep. training. Great. You know, he's 26. He's finally getting his shot. Yeah. And we're, we played nine games, and he started maybe half of them. He didn't play Saturday or Sunday in Tampa. Is he actually the starter? No, he's in a platoon. He's in a platoon with a 37-year-old man who we just can't get over. We're like a mistress. We're like a mistress. We think he's got, they're going to leave for us, but nope. We're going to stay with this 37-year-old man pining over him. And I sure hope it wasn't because, you know, Clint had a bad first six games. I mean, how loyal has Aaron Boone been to Hicks? Hicks has been a 220 hitter his entire for his time. Career. The for his career. And he's, been batting, and he's been batting him third every game as a Yankee. Clint has five bad games and he gets benched. Like, where is the consistency here? Dude, Aaron Hicks takes so many pitches and draws walks. And that would be amazing in the seven hole. Just more the nine hole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the lineup construction is questionable at best. Um, Who's in the lineup, where they're batting in the lineup. I get it. It's early. We can't, like, panic. But you do want to see some sign of adjustments when it's like, hey, you know what? Like, this shit just doesn't make sense. Like, this is clearly not working. And it's not working in a monumental way. I'm not saying take Hicks out back and shoot him. I'm just saying maybe bat him down in the lineup. Take a little pressure off him. Because guess what? If you're batting third for the New York Yankees and you stink while you're doing it, you know that you stink while you're doing it. It gets in your head. And I saw someone tweet, like, I don't know what it was, like the 98 Yankees or whatever it was, just showing, like, all these guys, like Paul O'Neill, Derek Jeter, Tito Martinez, they all played, like, 130 games or more. And we're just like, oh, if we could get some guys to 120, maybe. It'd be great. <laughs> the expect, Dude, the expectations are low with everything. Jordan Montgomery threw five innings yesterday, and, and Michael K and Flaherty are like, what a job giving us some, giving the Yankees some length today. Five innings is length? When when Tyone went 4.2 innings, Michael K literally said, couldn't have asked for anything more. Like, how low are our expectations? I get it for Tyone, right? I get it, because, you know, he's only, you know, he hasn't pitched. Um, as like, hey, that was a good start based on circumstances, but some of the praise that's going out there and like just the terminology, 
Like, couldn't I ask for more? Yeah, Michael. Remember when you called Perfect Games? That was more. <laughs> I could ask for that. Like, Dude, yeah, it, it's bad. It's it's every facet of the game. Like, Odor hit like a decent medium fly ball uh, yesterday. Fly ball out. It was like a pop up to left field, and and Michael Kay's like, oh, he's really getting his swing back. The entire dugout acted like he hit a home run. They're all dapping him up. Like, great, great stick. I'm like, what is going? What is going on here? You know guys? what though? If you can get a ball to the infield uh, to the outfield, and it's not a double play. Like, that's potential for down the line. <laughs> that is, like, good. Get him up with the bases loaded, no outs. Fly ball. That's all we need. Yeah. So that that was a little bit that was a little bit sad. And then one other thing that I don't know what we were doing. What was Montgomery doing? He hit. I think he hit two. He, he hit Austin Meadows twice. Once he almost hit him in the head. Then I think he hit him in the hand. Like with all the bad blood that we had last year, why are we trying to recreate this already? Well, I don't know that he's trying to recreate it. I think he can be a little erratic at times, but I do think you do have to control the zone and you have to control the inside of the plate, especially when you know it. Like you're just you're getting bullied. Like you can't get bullied by this team and be afraid to you know command the strike zone now i don't want people throwing intentionally i don't want fights because like we just don't need it right now and now i mean castellanos in uh cincinnati got like suspended for yelling at a guy so you gotta you know watch it now you know you sort of fight the last thing we need is to invent new ways for us to be missing guys from the lineup like we've done enough injuries yeah, exactly. But I do agree that they've been getting way too comfortable. And Adamas and a Rosarina specifically, like they are hacking. They are taking the hacks. They're taking Danny Ramirez swings up there. They're clearly fearless. They're clearly not scared of anything. I would have probably brushed back one of those guys instead of Meadows. But, you know, e- either way, by the way, a Rosarina, he looks like prime Manny Ramirez against us. This fucking yeah. guy won't stop hitting Homer. This guy came out of nowhere last year to start ruining my life. And I feel like he's in no hurry to stop like that. I'm going to hate you for a long time. They need to trade him. I was thinking like, if I'm the Red Sox, I'm all, what do you want? Anything for this guy? I need anything. (laughs) I will give you anything for this guy. Do you want the green monster? You can have it. Like seriously, I think it's 14 games. He has in 14 games against the Yankees. He has seven homers. So that's every other game. And I think he's hitting like 390. Like I, it, it, it's literally prime Manning. I think he hit like 10 home runs in the playoffs last year. Not just against us. Like in yes, general. Yeah. And yeah, it's just yeah, like he dominated the whole postseason. The kid's if you're fucking fearless, if you're the Red Sox and all you exist to do is to beat the Yankees, you got you should be trying to trade for this guy. Anything you want Chris Sale, you could have him. Just, just to torment us. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we're 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 done with the race for a while. Luckily, we'll have Cole, Tyone, and Kluber for the three against the Blue Jays. I will say we're going to win the Cole game and win the Tyone game. Take two out of three. What say you? Yeah, I mean, taking two out of three, just winning a series right now would be a win. You know, I mean, Kluber didn't look great in his last start, but like he didn't look terrible. He didn't shit the bed. We don't have the length, um, just in terms of like. They don't have the pitches in their arms right now to give us Tanaka starts of, you know, he went out there and battled. He didn't have his stuff. He went out there and battled. You texted me yesterday about Montgomery. Like, this is a went out there and battled thing. I was just like, ghosts of Tanaka's past. Like, I think Flaherty said it about 17 times. By the way, God, I hope that's the last John Flaherty game. He, he is tough to listen to, man, on the broadcast. It's like, it's such a weird assignment, too. Like, oh, hey, when we're in, I guess, because they don't. The announcers don't go to Tampa, 
right? I no, but he one. only gets the he gets the trap games, and I think he gets like when we go to Oakland and Seattle. Like he gets some of the West Coast games. Oh yeah, well that's when like like Ryan Rucco gets all the Seattle yeah. games. Like yeah, because <laughs> Kay's like I'm not getting on that fucking flight. <laughs> you know? Oh, you're going out. You're playing the the Mariners that the A's and a couple games with the Giants. Like I'll maybe I'll meet you in San Francisco for the weekend. <laughs> but Rook, enjoy that one. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we get two or three, like that'd be great. We need. I I think we're at. Uh, place where Cole's pissed off. Obviously, we're yes, all pissed off. He was so. glad, yeah, he was pissed in the dugout. You could see he was like pacing around. He's a dude, him, it seems like sometimes it seems like him, DJ, and Voight are the only ones that give a shit. And I guess Chapman, I guess, because he's crazy. But a lot of these guys just kind of loaf around and eh, like the it's whatever attitude. Yeah. I mean just kind of happy to be there and I get it. You know, there were distractions off the field, but there were a lot of distractions last year. And so now like the distractions are the new normal. You know, to a certain extent, um, like and I got like tonight, Hicks isn't playing. You know, and he's not playing because of what's going on in in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, Minnesota is the state. Minneapolis is yep, the city. Yep, go. geography. Yep. Welcome to the geography podcast. <laughs> um, and so, like, I get that. You know, like that stuff is different. You, if you you need time for that, you need to process that. Okay. But there's no excuse for, like, the distractions of the, like, COVID protocols and, you know, oh, life's just kind of weird now. Like, no, life is life now. So yeah, it's been this way for a year. There's Get no excuses to, to have, like, to just be lackadaisical about this. Like, we're not just happy to be having a season like we were at this time last year. No, yeah, we're here, and most of these guys are, are vaccinated. I know they're close to – I think when you get to 85% of the team fully vaccinated, like the coaches don't have to wear masks anymore and everything can relax. And and Boone said they're pretty close to getting to that point. That will feel a little bit more normal, I think, whenever they get to that 85% uh, threshold. Yeah. Um, I wonder how that impacts attendance as well. I don't know if that plays at all. It or just more seat like where the location of the seats are that are available because I mean I don't watch like a ton of basketball but I see like they don't have people they have fans but they're not they're like a section back. Um, I did see a note that like David Ross was asked about like getting that eighty five percent and he had to kind of he's like ah some people are still doing their research and getting educated here but like we're not close. And it's an interesting thing because it's like on a public stage, like, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. One guy that's been in in the public uh, recently, not for the best reasons, is Mr. Emoji, Mr. Smile, Mr. Renaissance Man, everybody's favorite former Yankee, Didi Gregorius, who, if we're being honest, we're probably like the most anti-Didi Yankee podcast because we've just been telling people to get the fuck over it for the past year and a half. He was hit with a paternity paternity lawsuit where basically what they said was he had a child that was born when the Yankees were in London. Yeah, that was wild. Didi was not there for the birth of his child. He was busy getting ready for the Yankee series uh, with the Red Sox in June of 19. Um, And Didi has to pay 15 grand a month, I guess, for life or until the kid turns 18, because he has essentially said, you know, I'm not going to be in the kid's life. And to be honest, like this just Everybody has this glossy, happy image of Didi, the most innocent, smiling guy, and like he's clearly not. Listen, 
sometimes you get someone pregnant that you didn't mean to get pregnant. And I understand that. Well, I don't understand. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. You got a story for us? I realize. No. So I have, I have, I have a DD story that I can't tell on a podcast. I'll tell you off air. Uh, I can't tell on okay. the podcast. Okay. Or just like, I think it's a story you know, but like, it'd be a funny joke here that I can't tell. At oh, all. you have told me that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Imagine I just dropped like a one liner about that. You'd <laughs> be like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'd be getting text messages and phone calls. So, um, listen, he knocks someone up, I guess, like uh, in the Tampa area. So it's yes. like, you know, it was like a. But if you do the math on that, like June, could it have it, been a September 2018 series? Yeah, because the, the kid was born in June of 19. That yeah, I haven't done that research. I'm gonna have to look into uh, the Yankee schedule there. What yeah, where were we? It's like oh, September 9th to 12th or something. Yeah. yeah, or like was this a just like after the season thing? I have been told that Didi had a little bit of a reputation. Of, uh, you know, just kind of having friends in pretty much every city. You know, mm-hmm. he's a young, good looking guy, a shortstop of the Yankees. And when you're a shortstop of the Yankees, you fuck. It's what you do, it's part of the yeah. job. Um, and I think that he got himself in a situation where he's not in a relationship with, you know, with this woman. So I do kind of get the like, well, where am I gonna, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm having this kid like that I'm not dating. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Like, I kind of get like, yeah, I'm not going to skip London. But at the same time, ooh, September of 2018, the Yankees played a four-game series Monday through Thursday, September 24th through the 27th. There it is. That's when the kid was conceived after one of those games or before. And we... We went. We went three or four. Oh, the good old days. All right. He was probably in a good mood. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was feeling himself a little bit. Little did he know that... <laughs> He was in trouble. And it's tough like to be like, yeah, I'm not going to have any relationship with this kid. Yeah, that's what like, I, like, I understand yeah. mistakes happen. But it, it surprises me that he – yeah, that he would be – he would be like that. And he's clearly you know, never mentioned anything. And I'm sure he's very embarrassed now that it came out. But this just really, really, really surprised me. And and like you think about Didi. He wouldn't have missed London for anything. Like he's the international renaissance cultured man. He was not going to miss the London series for anything. Yeah. I mean – yeah, I mean it's tough. I mean, even if that's like your fiance or your wife, like that's a tough one. But I don't. This isn't even a um, like the court didn't say this. Like he agreed to fifteen thousand dollars a month, which like I, you know obviously Didi's a millionaire, but it's not like he signed a ten year you know hundred and fifty million dollar deal. He signed a two year I think twenty five million dollar deal. Twenty four. Yeah, it's a well, lot of money. My understanding of it, because I haven't done research into, you know, paying child support. I just want to make it clear all my, you know, my, I love my kid, um, is that it's based on like income. So like if they agreed to 15, like who knows, maybe she was asking for like 25 and he was like, I'll give you 15. And she's like, all right. And then at some point he'll be like retired or whatever. And he'll say, listen, I got, I got five for you. And she'll be like, we're going to court. And a court will look at it and decide what it is that he has to pay. The good thing is, at least for right now, it's staying out of court. Um, it stinks that he's not because when you talk about the the Renaissance man stuff, like he takes pictures, he draws, he you know plays instruments, boards, yeah, he's, yeah, you know, he does all this <laughs> stuff. That seems like it'd be really cool to have a dad that does. You know, aside from even just playing Major League Baseball, like 
fun guy. You think he he's probably great with kids. So, you know, I think it's also a good reminder and a lesson that people are not always, you know, because he's the guy that nobody, nobody ever said a bad thing about Dee Dee. And it, it almost got to the point where I was like thinking, all right, well, there's, what is it? Not that I knew about this, obviously, but like, what is this guy hiding? Like, he's always, he's always smart. You know, like you, you meet people like yeah. that. We're like, all right, is this guy hiding a, a body or something? I mean, if he's got like seven more kids, it's an issue. I mean, this is, he, you know, he did one time and he, um, you know, he, you know, he knocked her up and what are you going to do? The thing is, it's weird because it's not even like he said, like, I don't want to be in the kid's life because they had, like, some time-sharing agreement for... He agreed to, like, three days during... At, but then was like... off days. And then was like, oh, but I'm busy, like, the whole time. <laughs> and so that's it. Like, if you're not going to be there, just cut the check because you don't... Don't be the, like... Don't be Disney dad that's like, well, I'm going to come. I'm only going to take you to fun stuff, and I'm going to show up, like, half the time. Yeah. Disney dad. I never heard that one. Oh, no. Disney dad is like when you're divorced and you live with, you know, and you live with mom and mom's making sure you do your homework and you, you know, you've got chores. Right. And dad is every other weekend or, you know, when he shows up and it's always some promise of like, we're going to go to Disney. Like we're going to Disney next week. And then it's like, this isn't Disney dad. This is Dorney Park. It's like it's kind of cool. We're in Allentown. Yeah, but you didn't even get the like Wild Water Kingdom like combo pack. Like I can't go over there. I'm in a bathing suit for no reason. It's got the mesh. Is like the netting is like caught up it's on riding me. up. Yeah, yeah. It's not good, Dad. I'm wearing this for no reason. And this is an anti Disney World uh, podcast for for those that, that don't know that yet. We, me and Jack, are very anti one trip Disney World. I got one trip in me. Whenever the kids are old enough to remember, like you have to be old enough. Like I'm not taking you at five because at five you want to go again at nine. Mm, that's true. So you're going to you, seven and up maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe like seven, nine, something like that. If I can keep them away, but like, well, I don't even put on the Disney channel here. Oh, so you're really in. Okay, so they go. It runs deeper than just the amusement. It's just rock. like I mean. So it's also like, what can I tolerate? Like I have no idea what's going on on any. Like Mickey Mouse looks different. All the graphics are changed. Like they say they have Ducktales, but like that's not my Ducktales. Right. Ooh. Right. Um, it's impossible to say Ducktales and not go. Ooh. <laughs> um, but we do a lot of Sesame Street, and I'll go to Sesame Place. I'm not going to Sesame Place every year. But I will go to Sesame Place, you know, I'll give you a Saturday like every three years because right, I can drive See, I home. Think I, I think I'm going to be zero Disney trips. I never went as a kid, and I'm just going to tell my kids, you know, I didn't get to go, and you're not going either. Here's my problem. My brother-in-law and, like, his wife, they're not, like, so they're not Disney people in, like, they have, like, shirts and hats and shit like that, but they have a timeshare down there, and they go, like, Sometimes twice a year. And then they're always trying to get us to go like, come, let's go do like drinks around the world. Like, you know, they have that at Epcot or wherever. And I'm like, why don't we just go to Europe? Go to any bar where you can <laughs> yeah. also drink. You know, like, because it's not even, it's the lines. It's so expensive that you can just go somewhere better. And it's the people. Honestly, it's the people. Yeah. <laughs> people who are like, yo, I need to, like, I get it. I think I'll be able to identify, like, other people, like, oh, this is it. You're just here, like, the one time. But then there are the people who it's like, I don't know, like, people were crying when the pandemic hit, like, but I haven't been to Disney. And it's like, your grandma is aggressively dead. What the fuck are you talking about? 
dude, there is a weird subset of uh, like I'm 28 and there is a weird subset of people in my age range that keep that go to Disney World every year that don't have kids and they just go and like that's their vacation. Like of all the places in the world you can go and, and you don't even have kids and you're going there late 20s, early 30s. I'll never understand that, man. So this girl I went to college with who was promiscuous. OK, yeah. So I'll just yep. put it that way. She's promiscuous, very sweet girl, very, very sweet girl. Love her to death. Not even going to say her name on here. Um, but she graduated college and like I saw her in the city, maybe like twice, like in New York. But then I saw her family was always a Disney family, like even in college, like boom, in the summer, like you'd see a picture, you see a picture on social media, like here's the box with like our 70 bracelets. We all got them, whatever. <laughs> And then, like, she met a guy, and he just started, like, going on these trips, too. And I was just like, that's weird. And then, like, they got married, and he had been on, like, several Disney trips. And he proposed to Disney in shorts. Uh. Like, I'm like, you're in cargo shorts proposing. <laughs> um, and then they got married, and no one from college was invited. Like, this girl was in a sorority. And I'm like... Because obviously there's a history. Like you can't you invite people, people tell stories, you keep you know, you're leading a separate life now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, I get you buy into the whole separate life thing. But like the Disney stuff, like that's not a huge red flag for you. Like, oh, I don't have yeah, I was in a sorority. I got no friends from college. My family goes to Disney twice a year. Don't worry, you get a bracelet too. Ah. Weird. <laughs> weird. Really weird. Yeah. yeah. So I we're anti Disney. I could imagine like even getting invited to a, a, like a destination wedding there. That'd be a fun. Oh, that'd God, be a fun. That would puke. suck. I would laugh in someone's face. All right, this is a Disney podcast. Um, hopefully, Dee Dee takes his kids. That's yeah, how you bring yeah. it full circle. <laughs> Once a year, they'll take them. And then we, so we're in Philly. Obviously, the Phillies and the Braves played last night on Sunday Night Baseball, which was a great game. Harper homered, Acuna tied it up, and the Phillies took the lead on a let's say questionable play at the plate on a sack fly hit by none other than Didi and Alec Bohm came home. There was some questions, shall we say, on whether he touched the plate. They went to instant replay and it pretty much looked like he didn't. Uh, yet the replay team in New York confirmed the call on the field and the Braves manager uh, absolutely lost his shit. So where do you think we are with replay? I guess we're what, three years in now of instant replay? Five, four or five years now? I feel like instant replay in baseball has been around for a very long time. I bet it's a replay has been around like 10 years. I'll say it started in 2015. Huh, I'm looking it up. Um, huh. So I, I mean, what's the point of it? What is the point of instant replay? It started in the 2008 season. What? Oh, maybe just Homer. Not, not for like plays at the plate and shit. I'll, like, you, you know, no, here's how I know. Yeah. So the yeah. 2009 it's home run series. spectator interference. A-Rod's home run off the camera was the in Philly in 09 was the first, I think, playoff homer that ever got reviewed. The, so, yeah, uh, 08 and 09 for homers, and then four, 14, the other shit was like later. 14 is what the current system okay. went in. I mean, like, so what's, seven the, years. What, what's the point of it? Like, if you think about, like, instant replay, you put it in. The point is to get the plays right, right? That's, you know, that seems simple enough. And if... So there should be no situation where a game is decided and like, no, we can't look at that. Yeah, you can. You got fucking eyes. 
We've got 5K technology. Everyone in here has got a vaccine, so they're Wi-Fi. Like, let's just fucking make the right call. You know, uh, the Mets won with the Conforto elbow, where the Mets announcers are saying, like, yep, so they got to run that back out. Like, you know, got to bring everyone back. That's not a win yet. When you have these plays where it's so obvious that, like, I think one was, Conforto was, we can't review that. The Philly one was just they got it wrong. Yeah. So that's two errors in two different ways for a system that's only supposed to produce the right answer. At the same time, you can go steal second base cleanly, be shifting your weight while someone happens to have, you know, or as you like pop up, the guy still got the glove on, you're a millimeter off. And the umpire doesn't see it, but they can go, oh, go to the replay, and you'll get fucking called out for that, which is not the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule is to fix the Phillies game. It's to fix the Met game. And these guys are fucking it up. Umpire, like, just stop being the worst. Again, I'm a wrestling guy, pro wrestling guy. Biggest thing for pro wrestling referees is you're doing, unless you have a very specific thing that, you know, you're a part of the storyline or whatever. If you're not noticed, you're doing your job the best. Same thing in baseball. I think I have a solution to the replay problem. Don't tell New York or don't tell who's ever looking at it what the what the call on the field was. Be- because the whole thing, oh, we need inconclusive evidence to overturn it. Like last night, you could see on the replay, it was like 98% clear that Alec Bohm did not touch home plate. Yes. But because they couldn't definitively 120% say it, they couldn't change the call. But if you don't tell them what the call was and you just act- ask them to make an objective decision by looking at the slow-mo, like if, if the you know if the guy on the field fucked it up, why are we using his opinion to you know, influence the actual decision. The whole thing makes no sense. I think they should. I saw someone tweet that. I think they do that in soccer. I they saw, don't tell them. I saw someone tweet it with like a picture of a soccer guy. So I just assumed that's what that meant. Like they do that. Um, yeah, I think you don't tell them. I think there should be an inconclusive option where they just go too close. Like even with the replay, too close. Whatever they said. We'll go with whatever they said. Now, if they start at like a 75% clip going, ah, whatever they said, then that doesn't work. You need to get new people in there. But you should be – they should be taking on 90 to 95% of the calls that come to them and just like, hey, we got – it's so – what do you think they would do the whole time? You think about it, they're all watching like it's right. not like recliners, like they're all from them. Yeah, they have MLB these guys or whatever. playing yeah. Fortnite or something? Like, yo, just play Fortnite till we need you. They're just sitting in a control room. I bet they have monitors on of all the games. They're just waiting for. And there was another one. It was us. I think it was in the Orioles game. It would have been the last out of the game. And we clearly threw the guy out at first. And there was like a legit space between his foot touching the base. And they looked at it and they still called him safe. So that's another one. Yeah. I mean, the umpiring itself has been bad for years. And now it's like. With every excuse to not be bad, like they're still doing it. They're still Angel Hernandez. Like Ugh. umpiring is trending too much on Twitter too early in this season. 
and I sound like a biased homer or whatever, but we continuously get fucked. Judge and Stanton continuously get balls called, uh, you know, at the shin, six inches outside, five inches off the plate. Like, I, I feel like, and then we don't get those calls on the pitching side, and it just, it's it's annoying. Like, our the Yankees' whole concept is, oh, we don't swing at those borderline shitty pitches, but they're all getting called for strikes. Yeah. I mean, part of that has to do with, you know, you say Stanton and Judge, it's the height, and it's just... Kind of we'll figure it out. Judge has been in the league for four years. Yeah, but he's only played in one and a half of them because it's <laughs> because turf. There's a lot of turf going around. That '80s turf they bring in. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been running into a lot of umpire errors. We also like lead the world in extra inning games. Yeah, we've had three already. Thirty-three percent of our games uh, were in extra innings. Opening day, I was at uh, yesterday, and then the Orioles game. That we lost, so we're one and two. What do you think of this this stupid extra inning rule? I'm st- I'm warming up to it. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Explain. <laughs> the look on your face. I've not it's- met any baseball fan that likes it, so I'm very curious as to what you think. Okay, so I have been against it because it's not baseball. It's not the baseball I grew up on, right? I think that's. I think a big part of that plays in for all of us. Like this is a different thing. Can you agree to that? Yeah. Okay. So the other day, oh man, what was like? It was our like second extra inning game. Someone tweeted uh, as it went to extra innings, like only extra innings baseball fan like in the world logging on right now. And I saw that and was like, (laughs) oh, I forget who it is on my like timeline. And you know, they scored, we scored. They scored like it went back and forth for a couple innings. And then they replied to their own tweet and said, oh, maybe instead of this, five innings of strikeouts and flyouts would have been more fun. Like that's the argument. Yeah. I mean, yesterday's game could still be going on. And as I'm getting older, hitting with runners in scoring position, though. Well, I mean, then you can't win baseball games. What do you say? Well, yeah, we'll hit a solo homer. Don't put my extra innings plan. Wait for somebody to hit a solo homer. Don't put a guy on second where with no outs because we're not good like that. Is not a good argument, dude. Every all of my arguments are centered around the Yankees, dude. They were a strike away from not even getting a run. In, in our extra inning, Odor had two strikes on him, and he got lucky with a blue pit to center field. But I was a hundred percent sure that they weren't going to score. I was shocked w- when they did score. When Gardner got picked off, I was just like, "What are we? Do- what are we even doing here?" Ah, oh, Gar. Oh, and, and there was a little bit because the turf and the ball bounced up. Like, well, it's the ball. Yeah, it's the turf. Base. The turf will get you. The turf <laughs> gets you. It's a big thing, and you haven't been playing on it for forever. Um, I honestly think, yeah, we wouldn't have gone through that game without me eating all that Chinese food. That was Sunday, you said? Yeah, yes, sir, yeah. Okay. I'm, like, pretty undefeated in if the Yankees really need a win, I'll be like, listen, guys, I'm going to eat whatever, uh, three chip witches, whatever it is that's going to help the team, and I'm pretty undefeated in it. So So on Sundays, are you getting Chinese at, like, 1, 2 o'clock or, like, 5, 6 o'clock? Some people do the really early dinners on Sundays. I like to hit a point in my weekend where I'm I'm no longer going to operate heavy machinery. I'm not okay. driving a car, okay? Yeah. And uh then at that point I like to have what I call a grazing amount of food where I could just kind of graze about throughout the remainder of the day and just kind of like a cow, 
like a cow in a field, but for me, it's dumplings and MSG. So, like, my order yesterday was a large wonton soup, an order of steamed dumplings, um, and, like, I'll house that, like, right in the beginning. Like, that's just, boom, pound town. Like, you're done. You're done. Um, and then I'm also putting, like, the dry noodles they give you for the uh, soup. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm throwing them in the broth <laughs> after. Oh, man. I'm having a wonderful time. My cholesterol yeah. is through the roof. My cholesterol is just is hitting the catwalk in the trop. Um, and then I also have like sesame chicken, combination plate, egg roll. And so I ordered, you know, I think I got the food at like 3.30. And then I just kind of ate till about 9, 9.30, like little <laughs> by little. I'll also do that with, um, you know, in Philly, it's famous 4th Street. Like I'll go to like a, yep. a Jewish deli. And get a huge sandwich, and it's just like, so and like an order of fries, and it's like I'm just gonna eat this throughout the rest of the day. No rhyme or reason to it. In between joints, like whatever it is, I'm just it's going in, and I feel awful the next day. It happens. That's a Sunday thing too. Like we only eat Chinese food on Sundays. I can't remember the last time I ordered it not on a Sunday. So I, don't I know what it is about it. I love Chinese food, and I pitch Chinese food on Sunday a lot. My wife does not love Chinese food. But she also blames on, like, the quality of the Chinese food. I'm like, you're from some shit town in South Jersey. Like, you're not – oh, I'm sorry, fucking Hong Dynasty over here. Um, you know, so she'll complain about, like, the quality of it. So that's why she says she doesn't love it. But I'm like, I either want really clean, nice Chinese food, like Golden Dragon that you grew up on, or I want, like, the grimiest, like, inject it with more MSG. I just got this in the Bronx and it's a lunch special, and it's $3. And no one who works here is Chinese. You're all Mexican. But, like, it's delicious. Like, that's... Like, no in I, between. Yeah, no in between. Okay. So, occasionally... You know, so, I'm always pitching it on Sundays. And it was maybe, like, a Tuesday last week. I said, I was like, I got an idea for dinner. And she was like, I'm going to say no to Chinese. And I was like, Chinese on a Tuesday? What am I, a fucking serial killer? Like, who gets Chinese? Chinese food places should just be open Christmas and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and people could get it Saturday. But, yeah, Monday through Thursday, never. That's that insane. Is shit. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. So you're still hating the extra inning rule? Yeah, I don't like it. It just, it just frustrates. I think I think it gives me anxiety because when we when it happens like yesterday, I'm like, all right, we're gonna strand the runner and then they're gonna score. Like that's what I'm thinking. And when you're when you're the away team, there's so much pressure to score multiple runs because if you score one run, that's you know they're you kind of assume they're gonna tie it. It's just kind of too much math for me, too much back and forth. I wouldn't mind it if maybe we started with that in the twelfth. To make so I'd be fine starting with, in the tenth. I agree with that. Okay, I think there's all a right. happy medium. And I think, like, the 12th makes sense. What's the longest baseball game you've been to? Like, how many innings? The longest game that I have been to, I was at a, like, 16-inning. You know when it was? It, I went to a 17-inning. It was the night that Bin Laden got killed. It was the Phillies-Mets Sunday night game. And the reason I know that is because everybody <laughs> chanted USA. And I was in high school drunk on a Sunday night. That was it. It was the sun. It, it was 2011, spring of 2011. You could look it up when Bin Laden got killed that night. What a night! What a that's just what a what's longest game you went to? Bin Laden got killed. 
Yeah, I don't, that's, that's how I remember it, just because the USHA, it was a Sunday night Phillies-Mets game. I had high school at, I don't know, 7 a.m. the next day, and I think the game went to like 1 or 2 o'clock um, with my friends. Yeah, you could, we, I could probably look you it gotta up. You got to have to have like one of those great, like, like my first time dipping, 9-11. Yeah? <laughs> yep. When you were like, you were what? Uh, I was in high school. 16. Okay. Yeah, I'm old. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. literally, it was, it was a Tuesday, 9-11 happens. Maybe you heard of it. And then um, we had school was canceled the next day because I live in New York City. Like school, who knows when school is going to start again. But it was definitely canceled the next day. It's my friend's birthday too. And we're just – we're hot off the summer. I mean in the summer, we go out literally every night and just walk around our neighborhood and drink. And um, we couldn't find anyone to get us booze because it was like 9-11 and it wasn't the weekend. There wasn't weekend traffic to get someone to go into a store. So I was like, oh, if you try this and you have one beer, it's like six beers. And I just – I did it and I just started puking outside an ice cream shop on 9-11. Uh, that's a really sad story. Yeah, nine eleven was kind of my personal nine eleven. <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to find this. May first, two thousand eleven, Phillies Mets box score. There was also a wrestling pay per view that night because John Cena announced the same thing to the crowd. And fuck yeah, it was American. There's fourteen innings was this game, so that's my answer. Fourteen innings, Mets won two to one. Dude, I did a 19-inning Yankees-Red Sox game in, like, 20... Was that, like, 2015, 2014? Yeah, it was, like, okay. a very early, It was the first Friday of the season, and I had, like, Jim Beam tickets upstairs, and we went with another couple, and it got to the 10th inning, and they were like, all right, well, we're out of here because we're sane people. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool, so we're just going to hang out. And then eventually they were like, listen, man... You're the only person here in the Jim Beam suite. Like, you're not even watching the game live. You're watching it on the TV because <laughs> it's so cold. And I was afraid if I left, they would close the suite and I wouldn't be able to get back in. So they were like, you got like, come on, can we close? And I was like, if you give us four beers, it was like the 16th. And I was like, if you give us four beers, I'll leave. You give my wife two, you give me two, and we'll fucking leave this right now. And then I went down and got to sit behind the plate, like in the like first level. Like I just, I said, the security guard wasn't letting us. And I was like, come on. It's the 17th inning. We're freezing. Yeah. <laughs> this stinks for you. This stinks for us. Even if we leave, you don't get to go home. So like, come on. And she let us go down there. Nobody is stricter in the world than the guys that guard the moat. They should Yankee be the TSA. Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> they should be the TSA agents. Yeah, they're they're the strictest people in the world. Yeah, I, I feel like the only extra inning game we ever won against the Red Sox was an A-Rod hit that homer in like the 15th inning uh, in 2009. I feel like we lost every game against the Red Sox in extra innings from like 04 through yeah, now, basically. It was a rough stretch. I think it was like the, the game I was at. They were like, well, this was the longest Yankee game you know, Yankees Red Sox game in the Bronx, like ever. And I was and like, that's oh. saying something. I was like, wow, that's normally like, you know, that's pretty cool. And then I think we had tickets for the next day. And my wife was like, I'm not fucking going again. <laughs> I just watched two games last night. Like, yeah, yeah. It hit a point because it was one of those things. We live on the Upper East Side. We could just fuck. We just went all the time. And then it was, um, yeah, she was just like, no, I'm just not doing that again. Like, because it hit a point too where she couldn't go home by herself. Like, you're still in the South Bronx. Like, it's still yeah. one in the morning in the South Bronx. So, good. what, are you going to leave me? Good luck. Good luck getting to the train, sweetheart. We're you staying need, for the 18th. You need someone masculine like me. 
man. You got anything else, man? Good luck with your surgery tomorrow. Dude, like I had a client call where I was like, hey, so just so you guys know, I'll be out next week. I'm having uh, shoulder surgery. And someone just goes, oh, oh, man, good luck. I hope you make it. And I said, what? <laughs> I go, how many people do you know have died in rotator cuff surgery? He was like, yeah, I guess that was bad phrasing. And then someone today said, hey, I hope you're in a good mental space, like headed into it. And I was just like, guy, look at the world. I'm hanging on by a fucking thread. The Yankees are four and five, and you don't even know that that's a part of my personality yet. Dude, hiding, hiding like Yankee stuff at work or people I don't know is like I, I go out of my way to like not mention it because I don't want people. I hate when you, like, when they're doing bad and you see people in public. Be like, how, how about those Yankees? Like, I don't want to fucking talk about it with you. Yeah, I get some of that. Um, and like I kind of like take it on head on. I'm like, yeah, I do a podcast and people are like, oh, send me a link. Like people are always like, send me a link to your podcast. And I'm just like, all right. And then I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, this is, like, our fun little time. Like, if you find this organically, like, good for you. But I'm not going to be at work. Like, listen, I'm going to talk about 9-11 for about five minutes on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, I just, I threw up. I have other ones that I, you know, um, I I was doing a live podcast in Philly for my old show, Yuppie Junk, and I just happened to look at the date, and I was like, oh, it's, like, the 12th anniversary of me losing my virginity. (laughs) People are like, how do you know? Like, you don't know that date? Um, yeah, no, I think that's all I got. So we have an intern, Dan, intern Dan. He's our guy. Dan, take yourself off mute. Let's intro him. For anyone else who applied, like we went like, hey, listen, this guy did the work the first, so that he got it. So Dan, we're going to introduce you little by little to the people. Where can people follow you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Juski99. Which is such a bold name, like Juski. Because you're not Jewish, and it's just related no. to your legal name. So yeah, but it's a I, tough one for people to take seriously. Oh yeah, everyone everyone says, "Are you Jewish?" And I'm like, "No." And then another, and then they're like, "Do you hate no. Jew Jewish people?" Like that's the immediate <laughs> next question. There is the nine nine for judge. Uh, no, nah, it's my birth year. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, you're born in ninety nine. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was I started high school. I started high school in '99. All right, and so you're you go to school in Florida. Do you want to say where you go to school? Uh yeah, I'm at a school in Jacksonville, University okay. of North Florida. Which I don't even know if that's a real school. I haven't Googled it. I've never heard of it. <laughs> we got like twenty thousand. It's kind of a big school. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah, it's probably bigger than Drexel. Yeah. All right, Dan. Um, so yeah, Dan will be doing some tweeting from us. He'll, you know, uh, from the show at George's box pod. Uh, you can follow Nick at N Kirby N Y Y. You follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Now I'm going to throw it to you guys. How many joints do you think I rolled while we recorded this podcast? I'll say three. Did you have any idea I was even rolling joints? during? I thought you were doing something. How many do you think, Dan? I I saw it come up every once in a while. I'm going to say six. Twelve. What? (laughs) Fucking nice. Is that all for the surgery? Dude, this is like about half for the surgery. I'll be up. I'll be doing this for a bit. I don't like pain pills, so they're going to give me some. I'm going to take some. But then I just roll. I'm going to roll like 40 joints tonight and put them all in a mason jar. And now I don't have to worry for like a month. 
I haven't had to roll. I haven't had to roll a joint until like the other day since like late January. I just sit down. Now, and what's do it your all setup? Of you go outside. You go to the garage. You have a special room. And the, what does uh, what does Emily allow in the new house? In terms of what smoking? Smoking your joints. Yeah. I, I have a child outside. I have to go outside the house. Okay. I own yeah, it. I, I, I own a child. And you know, and a house. goes to bed. Yeah. I, I can open the garage door, but the garage door has yeah, to be open. That's something. Has to be open. The first yeah. night it was closed, got. I was told that was a no go. Yeah, nah, dude, I'm a grown man. I gotta go outside. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, there you go. Twelve. That's our our record for the show. Next time I need to. Yes. Next time I need to do it, I won't tell you guys, and I'll I'll see if I can break break my record. I was way under. Yeah, I'll know for next time now. Great. Yeah, you have no fucking faith in me. <laughs> fucking like I'm Aaron Judge in the ninth inning with a runner in scoring position. <laughs> That's how I felt right there. That's how I felt. You're more like DJ. Yeah. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, tell your friends. It's coming out, you know, on Tuesday. We'll get back to Wednesdays, you know, but I just got to do a... Uh, gotta do this surgery so next week should be a little silly we'll see you at the parade everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.